having video content that comes afterwards, short form, like social posts that you can put out. Like there's just so many different ways that you can twist and manipulate the things that you do have and get every single ounce out of it. So going back to it, the duplicating charm, do that for your existing content that you have because you probably haven't gotten every ounce of what you've done. Hey, I'm Karina. And I'm Taylor. And this is Direct, a podcast we created to showcase the creativity and hard work of good market teams everywhere. We're here to share the stories and experiences of the hardworking, passionate individuals who make up good market teams, the ones who truly make the magic happen. Taylor and I have been fortunate enough to work side by side on some incredible projects together. And now we want to put a spotlight on the unsung heroes behind some of the best go-to-market campaigns out there. In each episode, you'll hear from individual contributors who have gone above and beyond to make a difference. They'll share their challenges, victories, and the lessons they've learned along the way, all to help you unlock the next step in your career. Get ready to be inspired, learn something new, maybe even share a laugh or two. Welcome to Direct. Welcome back, everybody, to Direct with myself, Taylor Young, and my beautiful co-host, Karina Owens. Hello, everybody. So thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be here today with Karina and Otavio Dottolo, former semi-pro baseball player, current senior demand gen manager at Drift. Tav, you have recently launched an incredible event that made us so excited. We wanted to ask everything about how you put it on, the incredible success that you had. But first, we have a quick question from Karina to get us started today. So Tav, we asked this of all our guests. We want to know if you had a magic wand and you could just whip that thing like Harry Potter at any aspect of your professional life or your personal life to enhance something or change something, we want to know what would that be? Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the Harry Potter reference. Huge Harry Potter fan for the sake of things. Oh, um, me too. Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, professionally. So I'll get kicked off with that one. So I think one of the big things that I'm seeing across kind of the industry right now is that I think like we're not doing a, a great job in terms of like putting our best foot forward in terms of like doing our best work or like I think we're doing a lot of volume, but ne not necessarily thinking back and thinking about like what the things that we're creating are. I'd love for people to take a step back, look introspectively in terms of the work that they're doing and think about how can we do less better? Because I think we're doing kind of like do more with less verbatim, which I've heard that way too many times. And I absolutely hate that phrase at this point, but I'm trying to flip it on its head in terms of saying, hey, let's do less better. Like let's take every ounce of everything that we're doing and give it our all and, and really put our best foot forward. But from a personal life thing, I, I wish we worked less hours. Let's bring back the four day work week. <laughs> So that we can all enjoy the summer, at least for the summer, at least let's, let's meet in the middle there. I'm a huge golfer. So <laughs> I love, love being outside. So the more I can be outside, the better bring back the four day work week. I love your rephrasing of the do more with less. And I love the aspect of showcasing actually how much of our professional life has now bled into our personal life. So you mentioning the four day work week, that's something that's already being adopted in the UK. The U.S. is lagging on this, but there's plenty of research that is being done around it, that it is actually more effective and more productive to have four-day four day work weeks. So 
love this. We will revisit this. But on the flipping on its head, do more with the less, let's dive right into your campaign that we're going to spotlight and highlight today. Because this was no easy feat. As Taylor said, we are going to be talking about the go-to-market lab event series that you worked on at Drift. Can you give us kind of the origin and the reason behind you guys wanted to put on this virtual live event experience? Yeah, so I guess the inspiration for this event came from countless hours of time spent either attending webinars, attending virtual events, attending in-person events. I've done a lot over the last couple of years. And there was a common theme between all of them. They're all trying to sell you something. Whereas like, I really love the idea of like leading with education and putting that at the forefront of everything that you do. So it's, it's important that you, you give people those tactical giveaways and make sure that like you're highlighting those things so people can walk away and feel really good about the time that they dedicated to attending one of those things. Because I don't know how many times I've like looked back and I was like, actually, I got nothing out of this. Or maybe I got one thing instead of a plethora of different things. And I, like, I think like one other thing is like, we've been really going along the line of like really feeding into the stereotype of B2B stands for boring to boring. So like most, if not all events or webinars I attend are dry and lack any like real engagement across the board. It's just like, some talking heads standing there and and feeding a couple lines and going back to that, like selling you something, that's always the underlying principle instead of like leading with that education. So I wanted to do something totally different. That was like, okay, like how do we take the standard process that everybody else is doing, change it a little bit, still have some of the fundamentals of like general webinar and event practices, build it into something really cool and then like make it fun. I guess like the true inspiration behind it was like, festivals like if you think of a festival lineup like bringing in like the top artists to play on different stages and have their moment in terms of doing that and generally like bringing in maverick personalities that aren't afraid of breaking that glass ceiling was just really really important to the overall function of the event period so it was really really fun to kind of like take an old way of doing something and like bring it to life and bring in like do elements to it, like bring in live MCs that brought in entertainment or music. We had this really amazing guy that works at Drift. His name is Mike Davis. He's like dancing on stage and getting the crowd going and getting the chat engaged. So it's just super, super fun to kind of rephrase the way that we're, we're doing traditional events. I love the inspiration that you mentioned of like a festival and really highlighting these maverick personalities that you know will actually not just have great content, but be entertaining for people to come and experience and and even having the MCs. Did you struggle at all trying to get buy-in for that format? Because that's different. That's very different from what we see from a lot of B2B events. Yeah. First and foremost, I'll, I will say I have an incredible boss. His name is Justin Keller and he's a firm believer. I don't know if you guys know, he conducted an event called Break Shit a few years back. I hope you guys have seen it. It was absolutely awesome. <laughs> we had a sax swatch. It was a yes. sax swatch playing a saxophone at one point, which like it was the starting point. Like that, me and him kind of worked on that project together back oh, when gosh. it worked at Amnes, And it was just kind of like, the forefront of like an event like this. So when we were like, okay, like we're short on our numbers for Q2 of last year, we're like, you know what? Like, let's pull out all the stops. Let's do an incredible event. Like, we'll see if it works here at Drift because it was at a previous company and it was a couple of years before. And he gave me kind of the buy-in and the piece of the castle in terms of saying, hey, like 
put something together. Just be as creative as possible. And we'll see if it works. Because at that point, we're just really looking to kind of fill up some numbers, but also drive some brand engagement for our company as well. That's incredible that you have that support. I do have the sex squatch record, the vinyl available. So we will have to put that in the show notes for everybody to check out sex squatch because that was an awesome one as well. And so unexpected. But when you know Justin, you know that he actually has an unconventional background. Tav, as our guest on here, I would love for you to just give everybody a little bit of highlight of this brilliant marketing mind that he has. But his actual origin story doesn't come from marketing. No. God, <laughs> where did he start? I can't remember. You know. He's like a rock star. Yeah, no, he, 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 he is, had a band. Yeah. He's like a musical artist. He produces his own music. Um, yeah. And, and ironically, I think his first company that he worked at was Cha Cha. So, like, blast from the past. If you've ever used Cha Cha, like back in the early 2000s, like, what was that? To, it was like Ask Jeeves, like, oh. where you could just like ask a question. It's like the olden day Chat GPT. Yeah. Uh, I, I just knew, I guess I was just an Ask Jeeves girl. I've never heard of Cha Cha. That sounds yeah. more fun. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> But super brilliant marketing mind that's never afraid to challenge the status quo. Provocative is his middle name, and it shows. <laughs> it's some of the most engaging marketing materials that I've ever come across. Would you speak to his management style a little bit, if you don't mind? Because I think that, you know, again, as Taylor, we were talking about before the show started, before we started recording, we used to work together. I hired Taylor on at a former company. We had an amazing dynamic, which has led to us being friends and now creating our own ventures together. But you had the experience of working with Justin a couple of times. What about his management style makes like, like inspires you to be the best marketing professional you can be? I love that you asked me that question because I, I told him like he has actually won three B2B marketing killer content awards at this point, like in accompaniment with his like coworkers that he works alongside. And I always coin him as the ringleader of doing really cool marketing shit. <laughs> if, if that's like a thing, like that's him. So it's like, Agreed. he'll go to bat from you from a management standpoint and like go work with the key stakeholders in terms of disarming like any concerns around like maybe an off the wall idea. So he'll always give you that while also allowing you to work and be as creative as possible. He's like, come up with the most off the wall thing. Let's spitball about this, get a creative team in place. And then like, let's go and do it and put our best foot forward and make sure that like, we're going to make it work. So it's like, it's nice because you always have that like support, that backing in terms of like, he's going to make sure it's okay on the executive level. And then it's like, Hey, you go do really cool stuff. And like, we'll see what happens on the other side of it. If it fails, it fails. If it's great. It's a success. And it's obviously worked out for him a couple of times because I've worked with a couple other great marketers, both at Terminus and Sixter, where they both won killer content awards as well, which are just fantastic and really cool assets they yeah. provided. That's incredible. I love to hear about that. So you had all of this support and the ideas and kind of so much flexibility and freedom and what you kind of wanted this to look like. I'd love to hear about a little bit more about what you did in executing and pulling this together and getting speakers. I know that's so much work. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say getting the speakers was actually probably one of the hardest things that I had to do there. 
a lot of it was just like cruising across LinkedIn and being like, hey, like I actually like this person's stance. And like I was looking for that like maverick definition of like somebody that like consistently is looking to break the status quo, going against like what other people traditionally are recommending, but also really intelligent people that are really good at their job. So like it was basically like actually Karina was one of our one of our speakers and you see her all over the place and she's fantastic. Like she fits the mold of exactly like the kind of person we were looking for for these events. So it was really important that we both brought in our partners, but also brought in like the amazing speakers that work at those companies. But yeah, pulling the strings in terms of managing, we pulled in 20 speakers for this past one that we did, which was just absolutely bananas in terms yeah. of coordinating schedules. I would say like, that was the worst part is like, I don't know if you've ever tried to rank, wrangle four executives for a call across four different companies, but it's like facing the final boss in a video game because it's just so hard. <laughs> Tried Slack channels, not everybody was engaged, tried to coordinate calendars. And it was just like a little, a lot of one-off and like nuanced meetings, but it was totally worth it. So I think like putting as much information in front of them as possible is really important. So that's actually one thing I learned from the first version of the go-to-market lab versus the go-to-market chain reaction was the first time around, I just had like a light promotional kit with a couple social posts that like the speakers could post or the companies that were, we were working with could post. Whereas the second time around, we were like, okay, like let's literally make an email and a social post for every single company that's participating across all the different sessions. Um, and I think it made it really easy for people to just be like, hey, like I'm really busy with a lot of other stuff, but I'm doing this on top of everything I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I can just copy and paste and drop this into my social or give this off to my, my like email marketing team to kind of post this, which helped drive registrations and helped have more engagement from the speakers, which was really, really cool. It's just a lot of work. And I'm gonna like tap chat GPT on the back. Like <laughs> I like I couldn't have done it without it. Like I had help with our... how'd you yeah, how'd you use it? Explain yeah. that. I think that'd be a good framework for people to reference. Yeah, it was really cool actually. So this was like when I first started ideating the second one, it was like right around the time chat GPT started getting really hot. I was like, okay, like I can write the first one and now like leverage ChatGPT and use different prompts to have it come up with like variations and different inputs. So it was taking me 75% of the way on all of those emails I had to write. I think I had to create like 20 different emails and 20 different social posts, but like to have ChatGPT just spit out multiple over and over and over again yeah. within the frameworks and just plugging in the abstracts in terms of what it needed to be talking about, it worked out really well. Like I would say it, it would have probably taken me 20 hours to do it and it took me like 10. Like, obviously, like, you still need some human input to it and just, like, auditing it. But, like, mm -hmm. it really cut down the amount of time. And it was like having a personal assistant writing the first draft for me, which was really, really helpful. I have done similar things with ChatGPT. And I've had a virtual personal assistant. I think ChatGPT is actually better. No offense to any of the personal assistants that are rock stars out there. I'm sure that you exist. But I think what you should do, Tav, after this episode, whenever you have free time, is actually show the framework of, like, because you do, you have to, you give it a prompt and it's not perfect. Like you do yeah. still have to like give it additional prompts to make it exactly what you want, but it started with your originality. So it's not just like blanket statement. You gave it your originality and then you prompted it and tweaked it over time. So even just like a video screenshot on LinkedIn, I think would be really cool for event marketers or anybody that's going to put on an event. Yeah, it was really funny too, because like I was trying to figure out the drip tone of voice. And if you've ever seen drip emails or the website copy, like it's kind of quirky in a way. 
So like I got to the point where I was like, okay, write me a social post that's fun, engaging, conversational, and witty. And like, that was the perfect output. Like almost every single time I threw that in there, it came up with like something that one of our copywriters would have come up with, which was really cool. That's amazing. All right. Tav, talk to us about the numbers of the second iteration, because they're very impressive and you're not boasting about them whatsoever. (laughs) So I want to push you to give yourself and your team a pat on the back here. The numbers you shared, at least with just the session I participated in, was mind-blowing. I'm sure overall it was even more than that. So please share with us, if you don't mind, the success that you had with this event series, yeah, which was a three-a-day event series. Correct me if I'm it's wrong. Five, actually. Five. five wow. Days. So okay. one session per day. Okay. So catch everybody up. It was one session per day across ABM, sales, operations, partnerships, which that was an interesting one because how many times do you see things on partnerships? Like, But it's part of a big go-to-market engine. And then we actually did a really fun, engaging event at the end, which was called the Go-to-Market Showdown, where people going battle royale head-to-head with one another, which was really interesting. But in terms of the numbers, like each session averaged 1,250 registrations. We saw an average about 300 people tune in live for each one of those. In total across all of the sessions, I think we're still climbing because we did post it on demand to our website. We're just over 2,000 total registrations for the event and, and views across the board and just crazy numbers in terms of like the actual engagement. Like for Corinna's example, like there people stayed on for 52 minutes for their session. Like how often do you ever see like people stay on for the full duration of things? Like mm-hmm. it was really cool to kind of see people like stay on, stay really engaged, walk away. Like if you would have saw the chat transcript at the end of it, it was just like, this was an incredible event. Like I can't believe how many great things that I heard. And it was just like comment after comment after comment, which was proof that like we nailed the actual content itself, which that goes to a lot of people that I work with at Drift in terms of like the curation of all of that stuff. But it was really, really, really cool to kind of see kind of all of those numbers play out. In terms of like actual opportunities and pipeline, I think we're over 15 opportunities at this point, we're looking at almost to a million dollars in pipeline generated from it. So just seeing the numbers continue to climb, they're going to have great influence over time. But also like key indicators I was looking for was that engagement. Like I I really cared about how long people were staying, what they were saying was good about it. And also like the overall sentiment, like just so much good feedback across social, across the comments within platform. And it was just, it ended up turning out better than I could ever imagine, to be honest. I was going to echo that same sentiment is that That is like an overlooked metric, I think, when you're reporting on event metrics to like executive is the actual engagement aspect of the attendees. And at least for my own session and the other sessions that I saw that you guys put on throughout the rest of the week was nonstop chatting in, questions were filling up, like we, and and we did, we tried our best to get to all of them and the feedback, like you said, was amazing. They were just having a good time, having fun while learning and just saying like, to your point, like that it's one of the best that they've ever been to. So for companies out there that are doing events, like be super mindful about what you want your audience to walk away with. What is your give going to be to them? Because you're going to end up like Tav has getting a lot of get 
Now Tav probably knows a lot more about what his audience likes, what his audience is missing maybe that that Tav can provide value in, who are they also connected with where maybe they could multi-thread into a new opportunity or an existing one that is at risk for churn. So the engagement aspect is one where like when I put on an event, I share all the Zoom chat. I share all like like any of the comments they made because those are the ones that are literally like you can't extract that from a demo request form. You're not going to because you're not giving an experience. You're just doing an ask. So the event that you just aspect that you highlighted on the actual engagement and duration of stay and participation of the audience, that is to be commended. Yeah. And like, I just want to say, like, you're never going to be able to attribute brand awareness and, and like overall sentiment to that stuff. Like, it's never going to show up in your attribution model or anything to that matter. But it it's so overlooked. It's, it's mm-hmm. so overlooked. You just need to focus on it. Like, you're not going to see it in your numbers. You may see it in your numbers further down funnel, maybe 90, 180 days after of like when they are looking for a solution maybe you're the reputable partner that gave them the information that they needed so when they are searching for whatever tool that you sell they're going to come back and look at you as a valued source absolutely and you put on such an incredible event and you mentioned from the first version to the second you learned so much and you pivoted what i would love to know is what did you learn from this one that you might be putting into the next yeah so i think like just overall streamlining the processes that were created from the first to the second and just really like iterating on it further. So I asked for feedback each and every session afterwards from the panelists in terms of how their overall feedback was. I think there is some opportunity for us to continue to make things easier for panelists and partners in terms of their participation and just laying it out really, really clearly, specifically for each person. So I'll continue to iterate on those different things. And I guess like continue to lead with education. Like I've mentioned that so many times here, but like even across like outside of these events, like I do run quite a few other webinars and like virtual events for our company and help out with some of that stuff from a demand gen side of things. Like the how-tos are killing it. Like if you're showing people how to do things, people don't have community right now, especially for those that are still working from home. It's really important. They don't have that like, hey, like I'm gonna roll my chair over here and can you show me how to do this? Like they're looking for people to tell them what to do. So if you can provide that from a, for them in an engaging matter, that's going to be really important. So continue to harp on that. And I guess like continue to think about like ideas. So it's really important to think about like, I have a crazy idea and I, I'm not going to be afraid to share it. Like beat the drum, yeah. make your ideas come come to life. The only way that you can see if they work or not is to either run it and fail or run it and succeed. And I would much rather succeed than fail. And I guess like last thing is just like have fun with your work. Like I think that was the best part about this event was like I had fun doing it. Whereas like other things that I do on a day-to-day basis, they're not necessarily fun. They're part of my job. But like I made my job fun by creating something that was fun in conjunction to it. Well, and you said so much there that was fantastic. And I don't want this piece to get overlooked because I think it's really valuable. You mentioned you didn't just ask feedback from the people who were listening to the sessions. You asked feedback from the panelists and their experience with your brand bringing them in. And I think that is so incredibly powerful because, of course, you're going to bring people back in the future. But I've been panelists. I've been on. Karina has done a ton. And I don't know. Karina, have you been asked that? Is that pretty common? How no. your experience was? No. So yeah, 
I didn't think so. That is such a strong point of view that you pointed out. And I wanted to highlight that with among all of those incredible pieces of advice that was really unique and you should take credit for that. That was super cool. It's fun to do that too, because like when you think about building, I do oversee some of our partner marketing activities at Drift as well. Like it's really, really important to build those strong relationships, like where you're giving to them, because to have a true give get relationship, you need to make sure that they're taken care of, because that could be the difference between like you going to approach them for co-marketing in the future and them saying yes or no. So it's, and that could make or break your quarter. So like just making sure that like you're focusing on them and taking care of them and making it like a clear and concise situation where it's not just like, oh, come speak on this event, show up on this day. Like, I'll see you then. Just <laughs> So I just want to make sure that like building that partner relationship is just as important as well. Couldn't agree more. You did an excellent job just speaking from my own personal experience. So thank you. All right. Well, Tav, you have given us a lot of golden nuggets on how to create a successful event. I want us to revisit the final question. And so I'm going to pass it over to a particular Harry Potter house nerd. <laughs> and I would like you to lead with what house you are in before wrapping up with Tav. Despite the green hair being misleading <laughs> here, I am actually a Gryffindor. I am a huge Harry Potter nerd. I was actually on an, another podcast at one point and they asked me about a quote and I, my mind went completely blank and I went with a quote from Harry Potter and was mortified. But it was, No, but it was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah, Can you do, do you remember it? Oh my gosh. It was Hagrid. Of course it is. One of my, my favorite character. What's coming will come and we'll meet it when it does. So Tav, I want to ask you two questions. First, I need to know your Harry Potter house. I am definitely a Gryffindor. Um, oh. James Martin's mean I am 100% a Gryffindor. I was never the smartest person, but always the person that like was trying to help everybody else, which I think is that that's the core belief of being a Gryffindor is to like always be looking out for everybody else and do what's right in the moment. That is absolutely, and I can't leave it. I need to ask Karina now. Karina, do you I'm know? Yes, I do, and I'm shocked you don't remember. I think I remember, but I don't want to be wrong. Let the audience know. <laughs> Okay, look, I know it gets a bad rap, but <laughs> did, do you remember? No, I knew this and I didn't want to accuse you if I was wrong. <laughs> accuse me, you see, the rap that it gets. Oh my God. Oh my God. Go ahead, everyone knows what house it is. Karina Go ahead. is a slithering Slytherin. <laughs> I am proud, I am proud, oh. loud and proud. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, but, hey, if you go back to the end of the last book, he told him it was okay if he was a Slytherin. It is, it is absolutely okay. It's wonderful. Thank you for your redemption, Tav. I am taking that away from this. And Taylor, we will be talking offline. We will have another <laughs> Speaking of our Hogwarts houses, I wanted to bring it back to the top of the call. When, if you had that magic wand, a Gryffindor magic wand, and you were changing something about your role, you talked about do less better. As opposed to do more with less because that is such a stressful option or conversation that's going on, especially in SaaS right now. But what would you use your magic wand for to help people or to help yourself do less better? Yeah, I, I would say like, do you know that charm 
when they're in Green Dots and things just keep duplicating. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Where like all the cups are then duplicating then at that point. I would say that, but do it for all of your content. Like there's so many different ways that you can reskin something of like you can do the go to market lab, for example, then you can create an ebook on that. Actually, I'm going to flood that because there's going to be an ebook directly off of that that's coming out in June. But like then having video content that comes afterwards, short form, like social posts that you can put out. Like there's just so many different ways that you can twist and manipulate the things that you do have and get every single ounce out of it. So going back to it, the duplicating charm, do that for your existing content that you have because you probably haven't gotten every ounce of what you've done. I would just add one more to that, which is you guys have a podcast. Drift has its own podcast. Go ahead and when give your spe- your your speakers at Drift a break and just do a replay of the go-to-market chain lab. Yeah, I love right? That. That's a great idea. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> there's so many i didn't even think about yeah. that yeah 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 see that hive minds i love it even griffin or no sorry even ravenclaw can have some input here <laughs> well tom we both adore you we consider you friends of not just the show but personally thank you for everything you do for the community thank you for always be somebody that puts the spotlight on others i hope today you soaked in the spotlight on you because your hard work deserves to be acknowledged. And it was an honor for Taylor and I to have the opportunity to acknowledge you in the way that you truly deserve. So thank you for being on our show. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. It means a lot. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Direct with Karina and Taylor. If you enjoyed what you heard in today's episode, please give us a follow, maybe even a five-star review, wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you know someone that you'd like to spotlight, if you want to share your own story, visit us at motionagency.io forward slash direct. We'd love to hear from you.